0: You are listening to audio from Hope Church Ipswich. For more information about our church, please visit www.hopechurchipswich.net. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to our August schedule. Uh, Usually we'd be meeting at uh, 9 and 11, but because of the summer and many people away, and to give uh, ourselves a bit of a breather, we're meeting just at 10 o'clock, just for the month of August. Uh, We're working our way through a series looking at the I am statements of Jesus. And today we're looking at this statement, the metaphor Jesus uses to describe himself as the door. He says, I am the door. So if you'd like to turn in your Bibles to John and chapter 10, and we will just read. Uh, he's in the middle of a dispute. It's been ongoing. There's been a guy who was healed of his blindness, and he's, the Pharisees are saying, that, hey, you know, um, don't uh, sin and say the guy who healed you is God, you know. And, and he's saying, well, look, you know, figure it out for yourselves. Who can heal other than God? I was blind, now I see. And uh, and Jesus engages through John chapter nine and into John chapter ten in debate with the Pharisees, saying, No, actually, you're the ones who are blind. Okay, and uh, you're the ones who can't see. You're the thieves and the robbers here. You're the ones who are not Authentic, And he goes on to say in John 10, verses 7 to 10, I'm reading from here. So Jesus again said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me, and he's referring to the Pharisees and others and false prophets. He says, all who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and he will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. So, this is the metaphor that Jesus gives us. He's the door. A door gives you access. A door allows you in. And when I was uh, in the uh, Royal Air Force, I used to serve on military bases. These are very securely guarded compounds. Because I was a military officer, I was allowed in to the safety and security of the compound. I was safe in there. But also I could come in and out about my daily business. This was uh, what I was permitted to do. Jesus is using a very similar metaphor here. He's... Mixing his metaphors a little bit about being a door and being a shepherd. He's saying, I'm the door to the sheepfold. So if you want to be safe in the sheepfold, I'm the only way in. Okay, You can't climb over the wall or climb through a window. I am the door. And I will be the access point for you to be safe. Okay, Once you go through Jesus, you are through the door and you're into the safe place is what he's saying. You are safe. You are saved. And once you are safe, you are then free to move in and out of the sheepfold to go about your life and activity. This is the metaphor that Jesus is using. So there are two things that I want us to pick up on today. First of all, the first thing is, Jesus is saying he is the door to safety. There is no other way by which we may be safe or saved. There's no other way. We will be saved from danger. We'll be saved from the wolves that we read about a little later on in verse 12 and elsewhere in this passage. He's saying, you know, there are wolves out here that want to destroy you, okay? That's the world. The world is, there are wolves in the world that want to destroy you, and Jesus is saying, no, if you come through me, I will bring you to a safe place, and you will not be destroyed. You will not be prone to attack from the wolves. Now, we're not talking about passing, fleeting, uh, mortal dangers of this temporal world, though he is able to do that. Much more so, he is able to keep us safe for all eternity. This is what we're talking about here. Okay, so we carry around with us this body, which is prone to weakness and sickness and all sorts of things, because we've not yet been fully redeemed. But one day, we'll take this body off like a coat. Okay, okay. And it will drop like a seed, and we'll be born again. Our bodies will be raised again, resurrected again, because it is the eternal security that we are speaking of here. Our temporal security in this life is almost a secondary benefit of being safe with Jesus. But if you go through the door, you are safe eternally. Our spirit is safe. This body might suffer, but our spirit is secure and safe with him for all eternity. Amen. Amen. So have you come through the door? Amen. Have you come through the door? Have you come through Jesus? Have you put yourself into his hands? If you're in his hands, you're eternally safe. Okay? There are so many beautiful promises about this. You know, in... uh, John 10, a little further on, if you've got your Bibles open there, when we were just reading from John 10, just drop down to verse 27. My sheep, so these are the ones, this is the words of Jesus, he's saying, right, these are the ones who've come in through the door into my sheepfold, and I will protect them, and I will keep them safe. And this is what he says, my sheep hear my voice, I know them. You're known by the shepherd, they follow me. That's how you know you're a sheep. (laughs) All right? That's how you know you're a sheep, is you follow Jesus. And we're going to come on to that in the second part of our message today. This is the words of Jesus I know you, and you're following me. That's how you know you're a sheep. Okay? I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. How safe is that? How safe is that? The shepherd says, I will not let anybody take them from my hand. Do you believe him? Okay? If you've not come through the gate into the sheepfold, you are not safe. Okay? And someone can snatch you away. That's the warning. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. Are you safe this morning? Are you through the gates? Are you through the door? Have you given away this old life and said, I don't want this rubbish anymore. I want Jesus and I want everything he has to offer. I repent of ever wanting what this world has to offer in the first place, I repent, I turn away from ever trying to live my life my own way, and I turn to Jesus, and I put my trust and my confidence in him. I am his sheep. I recognize him, and I follow him, and he knows my voice. And this is a beautiful thing. Here's some wonderful scriptures about the security of God This is Deuteronomy 33, verse 27. The eternal God, eternal God is your refuge. Underneath are the everlasting arms. He will drive out your enemies before you. This is the promise to the sheep, those who are through the door and are safe. Psalm 18, 2 and 3. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield. The horn of my salvation, my stronghold, I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised and I am saved from my enemies. Are you safe? Even though, Psalm 23, we know this, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we endure many things in this life. We will endure them. We're not spared for them, from them, but he carries us through them. We walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Psalm 46, 1 and 2. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, and though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea. I mean, I think our nations have been experiencing something of this over the past months and years. It's very, very fearful out there. There's a lot going on. Whatever nation you can name, but we are the safe ones. We're the sheep in the fold. We're the protected ones. Even if the mountains fall into the sea, we're not fearful. Because we know, hey, we're passing through here. Yeah, We're the safe ones. He will keep us safe. He is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. He has said... I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Are you feeling safe this morning? If you're safe in the fold of Jesus, there's you, you nothing to fear. Fear will not be part of your life because his love will drive out that fear. You'll say, well, now, hey, what have I got to be afraid of here? Jesus has made me safe and secured me for all eternity. And whatever happens in this life, I'm safe. Are you safe with Jesus? This world is overrun with wolves who will seek to destroy us. Be safe. Be saved. Come through the door into the loving, eternal safety of Jesus. So I appeal again to any of us here. I know most of you here will have already been through the door you know you're safe in the hands of Jesus. We still battle and wrestle with the things of this world. But in your heart of hearts, you know that you are his sheep. Yeah? There's a wonderful, uh, back in Isaiah, that wonderful picture of Jesus carrying his sheep. I love that picture. It's almost like Jesus saying, you know, I can't even put this thing down because, uh, you know, he's going to run into trouble. So i have got to pick it up and carry him with me. You know, here we go. Come on. Are you, are you carried with Jesus? Are you safe with Jesus? If not, I'm appealing to you. Come on, make yourself safe. Bring yourself into the fold. Lay your life before Jesus. Say you're sorry to him for not believing him, not trusting him, for living life your way. Come and say, no, I want to give my, my life to you, Jesus. I want to, you're, the, you're the only one who can keep me safe in this world. No one else can. All the others that came before are thieves and robbers. They can't do it. You can do it, Jesus. You can make me safe, and you can keep me safe for all eternity. Amen? So that is the first thing that Jesus is saying. But here's the second thing. And this is what I just really want us to focus on a little bit, and then we're going to be bringing ourselves before Jesus in communion. The second thing, in verse 9, he's saying, Those who enter through the door, he gives abundant life. Okay? Okay? <laughs> I'm not sure every Christian really believes that. I'm not sure, particularly a younger generation. They're all, many of them away at um, New Day at the moment. I'm sure they've had a, a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful time. But the message is that if you become a Christian, well, man, you've got a real, a, a boring few decades ahead of your life. You know, it's um, going to be a little bit dull. You know, anything that's fun or worth doing Well, Jesus will tell you to stop doing that, for goodness sake, and he'll replace it with all this really dull, boring, monotonous stuff that Christians have to do. Yeah? Is that the message that we would tend to hear today, would you say? Would you say? Jesus, our shepherd, whose voice we recognize, and we are his sheep, he says, I'm going to give you abundant life. Abundant life. What does he mean? What does abundant life look like? Are you living abundantly? Are you there saying, I'm so pleased that I put the things of this world behind me now, all of that stuff and rubbish, all of the things that the world chases after. I'm so pleased that I've turned my eyes on Jesus and I'm now enjoying the abundance of life with him. what does abundant life look like okay so we're safe we're not going to hell that's great now what yeah we are listening to the shepherd's voice and he's saying look I'm promising you abundant life here so what is abundant life well let's listen to the shepherd's voice again in uh, Mark 7 if you want to turn in your Bibles to Mark 7 let's hear some of the words of our shepherd and see what he has to say. So he says in verses 14 to 23. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm very keen on this passage. He called the people to him again. Again, he's been having an argument with the Pharisees. He spent half his time arguing with these, these people. But he called... <laughs> Other people, he called the other people to him and he said to them again, Look, hear me, all of you, and understand, listen to the shepherd's voice. You're a sheep, listen to the shepherd's voice. Okay, there is nothing outside a person that by going into him can defile him, but the things that come out of a person are what defile him. And when he'd entered the house and left the people, his disciples asked him about the parable. He said to them, Oh, you also are without understanding then. Or in some translations, he says, Oh, you're pretty dull, aren't you? Do you not see that whatever goes into a person from outside cannot defile him since it enters not his heart, but his stomach, and is expelled? That's enough detail, Jesus. Thank you. Thus he declared all foods clean. Hallelujah for blood pudding. (laughs) And he said, what comes out of a person is what defiles him. So here we go. We've walked through a door. We were in the door of the world. And we've walked now through a door into the door of Jesus and to his sheepfold. And so we're going to leave behind the things of this world. The things of the earth will grow strangely dim. Because we don't have an appetite for that anymore. We don't. Because we want to listen to the, sheep's vo- the shepherd's voice, and we want to follow him, then our appetite for the things of this world will start to fade. It will lose its flavor. It won't be interesting to us anymore. This is part of the way you can measure yourself. Say, am I a sheep? <laughs> People say this to me sometimes. You know, that verse where it says, Jesus says, go away from me, I don't even know you. you say, oh, we did this in your name. and He says, I don't even know you. And people get a bit nervous about that. They say, what does that mean? Okay, well, here's a way. I'm giving you a way. This isn't a way for you to judge other people. This is a way for you to test yourself. How how sheep-like are you? (laughs) How much of a sheep are you? How much are you pursuing the shepherd? And how much are you still stuck in the things of this world that are not abundant life? This is abundant life. Okay, I'm not making any reference to you people on this side of the room here, as I okay? All right? I'm just beating met- metaphorically, OK so, right. so Jesus says this: "From within, out of this is verse 21, "Out of the heart of man come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit." Sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness—it's quite a list, isn't it? Really, all these things, all these evil things, come from within, and they defile a person. Jesus is giving us a, a bit of a helping hand here. You think, am I, am I a sheep? Am I an authentic sheep? And am I do am I developing an appetite, an appetite for an abundant life? Well, here's a way you can test if you are developing an appetite for an abundant life, these things will grow strangely dim to you. These things will lose their appetite, their flavor for you. You think I'm not interested in this stuff anymore because I want to pursue abundant life with Jesus. And we'll come on to what that means in just a moment in terms of the positive. But I just want to comment on some of these things. Evil thoughts. Gossip is so salaciously tempting. Gossip, did you hear? He said, she said, blah, blah, blah. The whole of soap opera kingdom is built on gossip. Reality TV built on gossip. Whether it's in Essex or Chelsea on some remote island, whether you've got your clothes on or your clothes off, whatever TV program rubbish you're watching, Gossip is at the heart of it. Oh, please don't watch that rubbish. Please don't. I, I absolutely. I, I. Oh. I can't understand why Christians would watch that rubbish. Why? <laughs> I don't get it. I just don't get it. I've got no appetite for that. Yeah. And I urge you. That's not an appetite. That speaks of someone who is listening to the shepherd's voice. Sexual immorality. The world thinks this is ultimate right, ultimate fulfillment. Sexual fulfillment is the ultimate goal. It's my freedom, it's my identity. I can have sex whenever I want with whoever I want or whatever I want. You know, freedom, true freedom in this world is to have sex and to have stuff. That's my life sex and stuff. That's abundant life. Yeah? That's not the voice of the shepherd. Whose voice are you listening to here? How different is your lifestyle from the lifestyle of the people around you who are not listening to the shepherd? I appeal to our young people, most of whom are not here. (laughs) If you want to consider yourself a young person today, be careful because of what I'm about to say. You know... How is your lifestyle different from the lifestyle of those people around you who are not listening to the shepherd? When we think, you know, hey, I should be free to have sex before I get married. I should be free to have sex with whoever I want. I should be free to get drunk. I should be free to come let's have a party. This is abundant life. Let's have abundant life together. Abundant life is let's get excessive amounts of alcohol, get drunk, and have sex with whoever we want to have. You know, that is not the abundant life that the shepherd is describing here. Are you a sheep? Are you listening to the voice of the shepherd? Because this is not the abundant life that the shepherd is describing. He's saying, no, this is what defiles you. Sexual immorality, evil thoughts, theft and murder, adultery is not the voice of the shepherd. If you are contemplating your marriage is going through some difficulty... You think, this man, this woman, isn't what I was hoping for. Well, you know, I don't know who's going to match anybody's expectations for the ideal husband or ideal wife. You know, I will contemplate the possibility of being with another. You are not listening to the voice of the shepherd, okay? Because the voice of the shepherd says, no, adultery defiles someone. It defiles them. Sex outside of marriage, it defiles them. Sex with someone who's not your husband or your wife, it defiles you. That is not abundant life. That is the life we're trying to leave behind us now. God hates divorce. Listen to the shepherd. Listen to what he's saying. Theft and murder. Coveting. Coveting. Abundance of stuff. Abundance of stuff is not abundant life. It's not. But I do think in some Christian circles, we've confused this a little bit. We're thinking, you know, there are some cultures that have recognized that in order to be successful, you have to have stuff. Having stuff, having riches, having cars, houses, bling, clothes, designer, da-da-da-da-da, that is an indication that you're successful. Some cultures are really into that, many cultures. But then the problem comes when we then import that into the Christian faith. And we're now telling ourselves, hey, hang on, you know, abundant life means having an abundant stuff. No, it doesn't. It doesn't say that anywhere. That's no indication whatsoever of an abundant life, that you've got abundant stuff. If you go back to those verses we were reading earlier in Hebrews 13, it says, keep your lives... Well, it goes, Let's go a little bit... Um, a bit uh, From verse 4 in, in chapter 13 of Hebrews, it says, Marriage should be honoured by all, and the marriage bed kept pure, for God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. Keep your lives free from the love of money. Be content with what you have. Yeah. So when you have a gospel that tells you that abundant stuff means ad- abundant life, they're not reading the same Bible I'm reading, but just saying, be content with what you have. Because if you're trying to tell people that in order for you to show that you have an abundant life, you have to have an abundant stuff, you're just creating covetousness in, in, covetousness in them. You're illuminating their sense of lack. Well, I don't have, and these people do have. And you suddenly somehow disfigured it in a spiritual way, saying, well, that's an evidence of abundant life. No, it's not. It's not. Be content with what you have because Jesus has said, Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. That's the real treasure. That's the pearl of great price. So here we go. I'm really laboring this because I'm in a bit of a mood about this, all right? Okay. I'm just in a bit of a mood about it because I see good Christian people making stupid choices. I see good Christian people say, It's all right. You know, God will forgive us. I don't, well, maybe. God will do something. I don't know. What do you think? Well, you're certainly not listening to God. You're certainly not listening to the shepherd. You're not being very sheep-like if you're pursuing stuff, pursuing sexual immorality, committing adultery. You're not listening to the shepherd. yeah. And if that continues, if you continue in that way, continuing to ignore the voice of the shepherd and live in the way of your old nature, a question begins to rise in your thinking. And the question is this. Don't use this question to judge anybody else. Use it to judge yourself. You're not allowed to judge anybody else. Jesus says, that's my job. Not my job. <laughs> Jesus' job. All right? I am the judge of the world. No, Jesus is the judge of the world. He said, don't judge anybody else, lest you be judged. I'm, I'm, I'm the one who judges, says Jesus. But you can judge yourself. He says, consider yourself with sober judgment, it says. Judge yourself. Judge yourself. If our appetite is more leaning towards the things of the world that Jesus has just listed out to us, and we're not really paying attention to the shepherd's voice and doing what the shepherd would say, a question rises, Am I, have I ever gone through the door? Have I ever gone through the door? Am I a sheep? Because actually the shepherd's voice sounds a bit dull to me what, abundant life? Sat on a cloud with a harp, worshipping all the time? Well, it doesn't sound very exciting. That sounds a bit boring. Oh, the things of the world. Yeah, I think it's all right to have sex before marriage. Okay, let's have a party. Let's get drunk. Let's go to the nightclubs and bust some moves. Let's do that, because that's real life. That's abundant life. Jesus, he's boring you by calling you out of that. You've got to go and be boring Christian over here with your sandals on. Sorry, Mark, I wasn't looking at you particularly when I said... <laughs> 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 This is the way that we can test ourselves. If we have more of an appetite for the things of the world, the things on this side of the door, than the things on the other side of the door, you have to ask yourself, have I ever heard the voice of Jesus? Have I ever gone through the door? Because if I've gone through the door, I'm going to have an appetite for the things that Jesus has an appetite for. These things are going to be fulfilling and satisfying for me in a way that the things of the world can never be. They never can be. It's a, it's a falsehood. It's a lie. It's a thief and a robber who sold you that. Jesus said, I'm going to give you abundant life. He can take you in and out, helping you find the greenest, sweetest pasture for your soul. Still, clean, sweet, pure waters to refresh your spirit. Beauty, beautiful people, beautiful relationships, peace that the world can't give, joy, the weight of the glory of the presence of God, satisfaction for your soul, peace with God, knowing the one you were made for, and having daily communion with your shepherd as you go in and out. If these things sound boring, you need to push yourself a bit further through the door. Okay? Okay? Because these are the, uh, this is the abundant life that Jesus offers us. The things of Jesus will explode in our spirit. And we will be satisfied with a peace the world can't give, with a refreshment of the soul, with the security of our identity, with a sense of dignified purpose that will sustain us for the rest of our lives on earth, serving the purposes of Jesus. These things will satisfy you in a way the things of the world will never satisfy you. And if I'm speaking these words and they're not connecting with you, then don't judge anybody else around you. Think about yourself. Think, how much of a sheep am I? How, to what extent is the shepherd's voice attractive to me? Jesus said, you know, these are my sheep. I am their shepherd. They will follow me. They will follow me. Yeah." And you're saying, "No, okay, Jesus, you're telling me these things are not satisfying. They're not satisfying. Sexual immorality, evil thoughts, greed, murder, covetousness, adultery. They're not satisfying. And they're not what a sheep does. And I want to come into your fold, Jesus, and enjoy abundant life with you. So I just want to encourage you. If you are listening to the voice of the shepherd, the things of this world will lose their flavor. The things of Jesus will become ultimately flavorsome and satisfying. Whose voice is loudest for you? Whose voice is calling to you today? Is it the voice of adultery or sexual immorality or drunkenness or orgies or stuff, covetousness? Is that the voice that's calling to you? Well, flee from this evil world and its passions. Flee from it. That's what the Bible tells us. Pursue righteousness. Pursue Jesus. Come into his fold. And you will... Access a satisfaction and a fulfilment that you will never access in the world. I often think of a caterpillar and a butterfly. A caterpillar plods about, can't get very far, it wobbles along, eats nettles, can't travel far, can't do much, has a pretty unattractive diet. And then it goes through a door. It's in a, in a chrysalis for a while. And then it emerges as a butterfly, and it can fly, and it can go, and it, and it drinks nectar, has a different diet. Can't go back to being a caterpillar. Yeah, Could try eating nettles, but it won't be very nourishing. Because he's now built for a different diet, built for a different life. When you go through the door, you're built for a different life now. You're free to fly and Jesus flies with you as you go in and as you go out the door he's with you and gives you abundant life as you feed on the nectar of his word and of his presence and of his spirit it's different now don't go back to the old ways don't go back to that don't let the world tell you that these things are valuable because they are not valuable well Morris is that your word no that's not my word that's the word of the shepherd it's the word of the shepherd if you're a sheep, you follow the shepherd. The shepherd's saying, this isn't valuable. Yeah, but this is valuable. Pursue these things. Thank you for listening to audio from Hope Church Hipswich. Please feel free to make a copy of this content, but please do not edit the content in any way.